I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. I am joined by, you know what, I was going to say my favourite doctor, and then I thought Dr. Alex was <laughs> yeah, so He's going to see it. He's going to hey, see it and be like, what? So triggered by that. Okay, so like, one of my favourite doctors. <laughs> That's better, yeah. <laughs> Babe, we actually go way back, don't we? We do, we do, we do. <laughs> so way back to, I think it was, I want to say like 2013 yeah, in it was, Newcastle. It was literally like 10 years ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, about um, nine, ten years ago. <laughs> so it was weed um i think it was my 21st birthday oh fuck me does that make me feel like, old no it doesn't no no it it 10 doesn't. years ago so i was young too yeah yes. you were you were <laughs> you you weren't that much older than me i think and some of my friends who were older they were obsessed with um geordie shaw right and they'd come for they'd come from california so they were actually, yeah, they were actually uh, living in San Francisco. They'd come to visit me and Jersey Shore had taken off in America so That's big. They, they, but they loved the English version, Geordie Shore. And they loved the accent. I'm surprised I could understand what you know. That, that's why, that's the whole reason we did my birthday in Newcastle. Because they came to visit and they're like, we need to see this Newcastle place. We need to see the accent, see if it's real. And I was like, no, it's real, man. And I've never been to Newcastle either. So I was like, you know what, let's go for my birthday. And we went there and... By their, chance. <laughs> by chance. Their favorite their favorite character on the show. You're was buttering me up now. You. <laughs> no. Yeah, they, they loved you and they loved um Charlotte and Gaz. Oh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, they, and so and we just happened we were in Eldon Square, I think. Yeah. And we literally just happened to bump into Vicky and they're like, oh my God, that's the Vicky from Jordy Shore. I was like, no, it isn't. And they're like, that nah, is, trust me, trust me, dude, it is. Go say something, go say something. And I was like, really? Is that her? And they're like, yeah, go say something. And then I came up and I was like, Ella, hey, are you from Jordy Shore? And you're like, yeah, Pat, I am. I was like, oh, it's her, it's her. That is we need to get a photo. such a good impression of me. <laughs> yeah, you were really sweet. And you took photos with, I have, you have a photo with them as well. That sense, you, yeah, they, they still have it to this day. That is and too much. Did you show them the new one of words well from last week? Yes, yeah, the I did. The updated version. Yeah, I was disgusting. They're like, oh, wow, she, they're, they're like, she glowed up. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's what money does for I was your like, son. What? I was like, that's money, money is success. <laughs> that's what money is success Yeah, she you. just reeked of it. <laughs> I know, exactly. Bless you, babe. Right, so going back to way back then, obviously, yeah. how did you, did you always want to become a doctor? Was this always the plan? It was always part of the plan, I think. So I had options. When I was young, I think I had the, the pipe dreams. You know how, like, every, every little African-American boy was a rapper or a ball player <laughs> or going to the league. I was kind of like in that zone where I wanted to play sports. Uh-huh. And, you know, every, we, our idols you're were like absolu- football players. You and- absolutely could. Like, I'm like, I'm looking at you. You're so, like, <laughs> healthy and strong. Thank you. Yeah, that's the thing. I was a very healthy, strong kid. And I grew quite quite quickly. So I was bigger, more athletic than a lot of the peers around me. So I played a lot of sport at a high level. So I thought, you know what, I could go pro. Mm-hmm. But my parents were obviously more sensible and smart than me. They were like, yes, you're doing very well. However, the the chances of going to the pro leagues in the NBA or the Barclays Premier League or going to the World Cup or the Olympics, they're slim. Mm-hmm. You have to put a lot into it and you still might not make it. One injury, you're done. And they said, you're quite bright. You're doing very well in school. You should be considering, obviously, other alternate careers. And my dad, he's a doctor. And is he? Oh, yeah, and his dad is in the medical family. field too, yeah. So I saw it and they were like, yeah, you're competitive, which you need for medicine. You like the human body. You're a people person. You should consider medicine. So when I got older and I started doing GCSEs, that's when I was still playing sports quite high, but I realized I might not cut it at the pro leagues. Mm-hmm. Like, it's looking... Like these, the people who were going to play in these academies, they were literally dedicating Living, five days a week. Yeah. yeah. So it came to a point where I had a ultimatum. I could have gone to America, to Connecticut, to a, a prep school to play basketball, but they said I'd have to cut my subject time. And I, my dad wanted me to do five A levels: uh-huh. math, chemistry, biology, physics. Oh and, shit! All the fun ones then. Yeah. <laughs> And, what you call, and a, a subject called critical thinking, mm-hmm. imagine. Jesus I, did, I didn't even get to do general studies. They made me do critical thinking. Did your dad and, like you? Yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah, do these. Because he was like, if you do these and you score high, you're going to increase your chances of getting into a good school, a good medical school or whatever. And you whatever. did go to like such a good school as well, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah, it's a decent school. It's a good school. And, and that's the point where I realized, because they said I had to cut three subjects. Mm-hmm. And they said, that, that time you don't normally study, you're going to use to play ball. And that, because without that, you're not going to get to the pros. Yeah. And my dad was just like, no, nah. That, so that was shut down. Are you pleased? So are you pleased you went that direction now? 100%. Because yeah. I, still, I still got to play. So I represented my university and I played football for uni. I played rugby for uni. I played basketball for uni. And I ran in the Olympic Stadium. I was on an wow. athletics team for my uni. So I still got to have the fun of playing those sports, yeah. but whilst doing my medical degree. So okay. I still enjoyed it. I can't imagine if you'd gone the other route that would let you like just operate on a Saturday yeah, if you nah. felt like it as a sort of and a that, hobby. It's kind exactly. of an all or nothing gig, the old and medical that's the industry. Thing. And no disrespect to anyone in sport, but those careers aren't as long. No, that absolutely you're, you're, yeah, not. You've got looking, such a short shelf life. Exactly, you have a short shelf life. You could do so much in that time. Don't get me wrong. You could do it. You could make your mark and make a lot of money. But it's not everyone who does. And all it takes is an injury, and you could be finished. And usually, by your late thirties, sports careers are unless you're like Tom Brady or something. <laughs> your late thirties, sports careers are coming to towards their end. Whereas Superhuman. a career like medicine has an incredible amount of longevity. So I'm 29 now. I'm kind of even just starting my journey as an emergency medical physician and probably going to work for the next 40 years. 
Yeah, every time I say a G, every time I say a GP, he's like 106. Yeah, exactly. I feel, I feel like you're just like in your infancy in terms I, of I, career. I want to work to 107, so it makes a lot of <laughs> sense. So it makes a lot of sense. Like you're, with, and with medicine, everything's changing. So the medicine that I've practiced and I've learned in the 2000s is going to be different to the medicine in 30 years. Like my exciting, dad's a consultant right? and he still goes on conferences and courses to learn new stuff. So now he's actually telling me that the next stage is he's a surgeon. He's a gynecological surgeon. So he works with women, okay. women parts, taught me everything I know. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, so fannies. And then I was like, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Vaginas. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, good to know. We're going to both still have a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. He, he's going to be, so he said surgeons now are going to be operating remotely. So they're going to be using yeah, no yeah. way. They're going to be using technology and robots so they can actually use the operations and the laparoscopy, uh, laparoscopy equipment from where they are in a specific room, and it's going to transfer to a robot who's actually doing the surgery on the female with a couple of obviously personnel at hand. But they're not going to be consultants. They might be junior registrars, just if anything goes wrong. And a consultant's not far away. So if something does go terribly wrong, the consultant could come in on call, but doesn't actually need to be there for every procedure. Imagine getting operated on by a robot who's actually a consultant somewhere I else. Actually That's don't, I don't know how I feel about it, though. Like, exactly. I, do, I don't want to come across as one of those really old fuddy-duddies, you know, like, I know, well, I like things the way I like it, but nah, I do like to be doctor it, in the room. 100%. It's your body, isn't it? Yeah. I'd be, I'm, I'm a doctor, and I'd be more nervous if they told me my doctor was in two or three cities away from here. I doing the procedure and like, I'm, like what? I'm sure the robots are really good in that right but how many yeah. times do things go wrong with your technology like my sky's always going off exactly. like the last thing you want is your robot to just have a moment when you're like he's operating on your fan yeah no, and I feel like it'll be a long time I, before I try that after watching iRobot with Will Smith you just <laughs> you, it just worries you you're like what happens if my robot turns rogue and doesn't like me and just yeah. decides to do his own thing? Oh, that's, I feel like I'm terrified by that. Let's move on because that's made me really scared. There are so many TV shows about mm. a, like, um, like A&Es, like doctor surgeries, like comedy ones, like Scrubs, a bit more dramatic ones, like Casualty. What, why do you think we're so obsessed? Or even like, you know, Jodie Shaw, I'm a Celebrity, like... <laughs> no, no, like proper ones that are based around the medical but industry. I, I feel like everyone watches these shows at Grey's Anatomy and they feel like they can yes, walk... Yes, Grey's in. Anatomy, they, such yeah, a good one. They feel, they feel like they're almost a doctor. Mm. Like a lot of people, like, you'd be surprised how many people would be like, oh, is there a doctor around? Listen, I'm not a doctor, but I'm literally on season eight of Grey's Anatomy. So I can, <laughs> I can literally walk you through this, like that sort of thing. And I think it gives, especially when you look at the American shows, because they have like a sensationalism of being a doctor and wearing that white coat and rushing yeah. around, like coat blue, coat blue. And it is, <laughs> it is, it does get quite exciting. It's stressful, but it yeah. is exciting. The ones here um, in the UK are a little bit more tame. They're a bit more um, factual. Yeah, they're a bit more factual. They're a bit yeah, more factual. Because when I did my show, BBC Junior Doctors, everything that happened was us seeing patients. Mm -hmm. So the ones we lost actually died. Oh. The ones we saved, were actually saved it was real stuff yeah. at real time whereas the american ones theirs is a lot more you know um played by actors rather mm -hmm. than doctors so they can make up these incredible storylines where yeah. colleagues are having affairs with colleagues and well, stuff that, like that was the next thing i was gonna yeah. ask you so the one thing all these shows definitely have in common is yes everybody's really fit but also like everybody's shagging and yeah. like it's is it it is like they make it look like hospitals are like the Magaluf weekender. Like, are people like, is that is it as rife as that, or is it really tame and that's all just fiction? 
No, it is as rife as that. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to tell you for, for, for free. A lot, a lot goes on in these hospitals. Lot, Does I, everybody I, I, hook up in the on-call room? You, you'd be surprised how many drunken Christmas parties I've been to. And some of the stuff I've seen, I'm like, no. Because you know we're going to have to be at work next week, right? And like nurses, doctors, you know, clerks, receptionists. Like the NHS is so big. There's so many people. HR there. as well. Yeah, oh HR get involved. God. HR love it. They love it. They get involved. Like consultants, you see, like some of the, the single consultants, you're just thinking, wow, like I've only ever seen you in such a professional setting. Yeah. And here you are, drunk on the dance floor, boogieing, twerking, soft, doing the two step. Dropping, yeah. With, with oh. the clerk from, <laughs> from Ward 17. What's going on? What's going on? Like, oh, it, oh I yeah, would absolutely love that. The goss in, in, in these hospitals is, is mad. <laughs> oh babe, thank you for lifting the lid there slightly. I just thought yep. it's all for Grey's Anatomy. Nope, but... it's 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 based on and I have a feeling in America it's probably even worse. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I have a feeling it's probably even worse. Everything's always bigger and better I in America, know. isn't it? Bigger and better in the States. They go in the on. US of A. <laughs> um we have of course just come out of like a really what must have been an incredibly difficult couple of years yeah, for everyone. It was in the medical profession and I just, want, just wanted to ask you a little bit about that was it was it incredibly difficult was it hard are you okay and yeah it was tough I'm not gonna lie it was tough I'm I'm, I'm okay to the point where it's it's just the same you know picturing the people that are no longer with us because sometimes you do see them you do recognize their faces and like you're just thinking it's a shame they're not here and they can like ride it out and get to this point but then uh, like funnily enough I actually saw a girl who I treated in a hospital in Essex on a COVID ward and she was really unwell. Hmm. And I was going to um, play some basketball Monday with my friends and she stopped me at the station. No. And she said, do you, she said, do you remember me? And I was like, I'm thinking, eh. I was like, I'm face, Yeah, her face looked so familiar. And she was like, you treated me. You saved me from COVID. Oh. And I was like, oh snap. And I mentioned her name and she's like, yeah, she's like, you don't know what you did for me that day. And this is, and I was like, look at you. I could barely recognize her because she put on um, weight and she's looking so much healthier than when I'd seen her in the ward. And she's like, she's like, we need to take a picture and a selfie. She actually sent me the selfie and everything. And I was Good like, girl. wow. So you realize just how much, because I must have seen probably upwards of hundreds of COVID patients in yeah, that, in that couple of years, hundreds. Mm -hmm. And so, but you may not remember all of them the way they remember you. Yeah. Whereas she remembers me specifically for what I did to her and how I treated her on that COVID ward. So it's, it, it reminds you to take every patient you see so seriously. Mm -hmm. Because just because you're seeing 10, 15 a day doesn't mean that that patient's going to remember the specific um, way you made them feel mm -hmm. and what you did for them. They're not going to forget that. And that's why it's, it's so important to make sure you put everything in for every patient you see. It's not just another name on the list that you need to diagnose to get out of the hospital. There's somebody who's going to have feelings and, uh, rem and remember this, and that's going to impact them and their medical health going forward. And so that was just a good reminder of that. And I, it's great she was healthy because she was very young. A lot of younger people, she must have been in her early 20s. So scary. Wasn't younger it? people were getting hit. Younger people were getting hit, especially in the ITU. Younger people were getting hit. And now, obviously, she's survived and she's better and she saw me and it was just nice, it was just nice. <laughs> such a lovely oh, i love that story you got me in the feels there i cried a little mm. bit <laughs> <laughs> bless you so you use tiktok don't you yeah like to kind of i suppose 
get through to like a younger generation like I'm really new to TikTok mate I was like adamant you know in lockdown when everyone was doing yeah, the dance moves like, and all that I was, like, I was like you can fuck off I'm, thir- yeah. I'm 30 I think I was what 32 33 I was like no I'm too yeah. old like this platform is definitely passing yeah. me by but now you know it's taken over yeah, it's, it is. it's so I was like I'm gonna have to get on it so I'm trying my best to learn I'm, I'm not very good but I am getting <laughs> don't worry but like I do feel like it's super important to kind of find new ways to connect with yeah, like, the younger generation exactly. right 100% hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Then I think uh, TikTok is obviously a massive platform now, but before TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Facebook. And when mm. these things first came out, so when Facebook first came out, it was only open to people in universities in America. And then it obviously opened to the world. Mm. And now everyone's auntie and granny and co-worker has a Facebook account. And then Instagram... Everyone's auntie Sharon. And, yeah, <laughs> auntie Sharon has, has, has a Facebook and posting... All Posting types our of, photos from Tenerife. Yeah, yes. Exactly. <laughs> Post some holiday photos, why not? And then you have um, Instagram, which when it came out and I was in uni, everyone was like, oh, that's just that app that you, know, you take food pictures and put on. And it's I like, did the same. Were, I yeah, was there like, were no oh, stories, not there were no I'm videos, there were no reels. I was like, why do I need to take pictures of my food? That's so lame. <laughs> like, I was like, I, what's the point? And then Instagram's obviously now taken off. Huge. they got stories, they got videos, you've got IGTV, you've got all of this. TikTok's another one. TikTok. Uh, first of all, started as Musically, I think, which was oh. another, yeah, it was another app and it changed its name into TikTok and merged. And it was just basically music. It mm-hmm. was just like songs and dances. And I was like, I'm not going to be dancing here like a 16 year old American kid. Like, what's that? <laughs> what a waste of my time. <laughs> I have patience to see. And then obviously it came up and then TikTok became this platform that you can reach a big demographic on. And then when I saw the response of how people, we're happy, like, oh, thank you so much for clearing that up about COVID. Like, it's so difficult to get information these days and get one from a doctor. Because we were doctor. scared. We yeah, were everyone, like, everyone was scared. I, I was scared, Vic. I was scared too. <laughs> we, were, not we, surprised. We, we were all struggling. I remember the first couple of weeks we got COVID, we, um, I actually lost one of my colleagues. I'm sorry. To COVID. Yeah, a mother of three. She was one of the charge nurses on the medical unit and we lost her to COVID. And it was just like, boom, reality shock. Oh, snap. We're, we're not immune to this. Yeah. We could get it too. Mm. And we could die from it too. And it was just like, whoa. From that day onward, everyone was frightened. So I didn't see my parents. I made sure I stayed in my house. Because I was like, nah, I can't put you guys at risk of this. Yeah. So it was just really like, 
isolating because you didn't want to see anyone you liked mm-hmm. or loved because I'm thinking I'm working on a COVID yeah. one. If anyone's going to catch it, it's me. Uh-huh. Like hopefully if I catch, I can live, but I'd never give it to anyone else. So you like then parlayed sort of all the knowledge and information you had in a way to kind of yeah. stop the scaremongering and give people real exactly. genuine advice. That's amazing. Because exactly. I felt I'm what getting a way it. to turn a negative into a positive. You have to. You have to, yeah. make, have to make lemonade from these lemons. <laughs> at, at, at the end of the day, we were getting a lot of information, so we get information directly from um, you know uh, PhD Public Health England on guidance and guidelines and stuff that's coming up. And obviously, we're seeing patients. My first TikTok ever was on April Fool's. I did it as a joke. Uh-huh. My, I, my friends told me I couldn't. Uh-huh. So well, obviously, you know me, my mindset, I'm going to do yeah. it. And it was a hand-washing video uh-huh. to um, Beyonce, Meg Thee Stallion and Savage. Yeah. The challenge, I'm a savage. <laughs> what? Get it, get it. Yeah, 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 that one. I, so I did um, the seven steps of hand-washing. Because uh-huh. a lot of people don't actually realise there's seven steps to wash your hands properly. I can't and believe so, uh, I had to strip and, that back and, and everyone like, learned how to wash their hands. Literally, and some people still today like, I know how to wash my hands because of your video and because oh. of the savage bit. So that was it. And I realised, hang on, education, entertainment, mm-hmm. you combine the two exactly. and get people to watch. So not only are they happy they've watched it, they're entertained, but they're like, I've learned something from that. Which is amazing because you've almost like, you're a bit of a like education ninja because you've sneaked it past on social media, <laughs> exactly. haven't you? Yeah. My favorite TikTok of yours, and it was actually mental because I saw the TikTok before I realized it was you and like I knew we had mutual friends and everything. Yeah. It was the one around the Black Lives Matter. Movement. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, Obviously, yeah. you remember. God. Um, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, tell everybody a little bit. About so it. it's basically a TikTok is a transition. So but this was back in a time where every Thursday, eight o'clock, people pots and pans outside their houses, clapping for NHS workers, which was great. You know, it was great. It was a big boost of morale for myself and my colleagues. It was dope. But then we had, on the other hand, what had just happened with George Floyd, which highlighted all the um, institutional racism in the America and the rest of the Western world and just showed about police brutality and this and that and the stereotyping and stigmatism that black people, especially black men, were going through and how that was contributing to poor black mental health in those communities. And I said, it's a case where if I'm in my scrubs, people are going to clap for me because I'm NHS and it's Thursday at eight o'clock. However, if I just wear my hoodie and I'm going to the gym or just walking around across my street, all of a sudden I'm just another black man in a hoodie who could be a threat. So I said, you know what, don't, don't uh, praise me in my scrubs and then hate me in my hoodie. And it, it was, was like, so and, powerful. yeah, it so was a transition because it, it was, it was showing the same guy. However, the minute I'm in my scrubs, you see me as one thing. The minute I just changed my clothing. So I haven't changed anything about myself, but my yeah. clothing. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's another black guy in a hoodie. And you can see how people, you could, I've seen how people treat me differently when I go to work in scrubs. I go to work with a hoodie over my scrubs. And I said, yeah, don't praise me in my scrubs and then hate me in my hoodie. I'm the same guy just that because would, I wear a different thing. That would have made a lot of people stop and take it, it, no, I hope, Yeah, I hope people saw it and thought, actually, how did I feel towards this guy when he was in the scrubs? And then how did I feel towards him when he was in his hoodie? And why, if anything, are they both different? You know what I, I mean? I feel the same way about you. No, like, no matter what you wear, I think you're an absolutely <laughs> lovely fella. And Thank so, you so much. So, what you're doing is so important, Amaka. Thank you. And oh. I'm, I'm glad to do it. I'm, I'm honoured. I'm honoured to be in a position where I could help. Oh. Like, I love what I do. And that's why I want to continue. Right, babe. Before I let you go, right, I need to ask you one question. What's uh, the weirdest thing you've seen? 
Ooh, um, Medically. In, in A&E? <laughs> yeah, go on in so A&E. It's, it's got to be uh, stuff stuck up the rectum. I knew it was going to be something up someone's bum. You know why? Because for me, it's the thought process. I'm thinking, <laughs> in which way do you think this was a good idea? Like, what were you taking that you thought, yeah, let's put that up there and see where we go? What's, like, come on, because I've you read stories, don't you, where people fucking hamsters up there and that. Yeah, like, yeah. Have you seen no, a hamster? No, I, yeah, we saw it, it was dead. <gasps> but yeah, the hamsters, the hamster unfortunately didn't survive. But yeah, we've seen uh, gerbils up there. I've seen ridiculous ornaments. I'm talking rid like ornaments you look at and you'll think, no. And then wow. I see the, you see the x-ray and you're like, no wonder you're in pain. Jeez. And you're thinking, they... why would you do this? No, why would you? Honestly, yeah. some people get their rocks off in such weird no, ways. I, like, I understand. Everyone has their own preferences when it comes to what you do in the bedroom and yeah. time with your partner and whatnot. And they're not judgmental you know, here, yeah, I'm not judgmental. Judge. They're toys for all that, which are made, you know, for safety. With so you can have sexual pleasure with a partner. But these weren't toys. No. These were things, these were ornaments that were made for different use. In the don't, house and around the house. Don't shove your nan's dolphin ornament right up there. Okay, That's for liberty. For example, imagine um, behind you, you're a champagne bottle. No, no. Look at the size, of, look, bigger than that. Look at the size of that and thinking, yeah, let's put that up there. And it just gets stuck. Yeah, you'd be thinking, well, what would you, what, just drink the champagne. What, what's the bottle going up there for? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. What do they say to you though, babe? Like, do are they embarrassed? Do you get that? Oh, I yeah. sell. No, oh, yeah. You come in. You come in, and you you already know because you've uh, read a bit of the brief, so you know the patient details, and they've been triaged by um, a nurse, and so you know why they've come in. So you see, and you look at the waiting room, and you know exactly who it is. Because one, <laughs> they can't sit down, so they're stood up, <laughs> and and they'll have a sheepish look on the face, and they'll probably be with their partner, and it's like two, three a.m. And they're probably usually a little bit intoxicated. They'd be like, Doctor, we have a bit of an issue. And I'd be like, just come through. I know. Come on, pet. Come and what, on. Come on. And what's the process, babe? Do you have to like, do you have to pull it out? Yeah. So sometimes if you can, oh. if you can, uh, manual evac in A, B, A and E, you'll use your fingers. And if you can digitally get it out without too much pain, you will. If not, you refer them to the surgical team and they need to be put under anesthetic. And it oh. needs to be removed in theatre on the surgical table because sometimes it's just too deep to get out with any, without maximum discomfort. So I've pulled out stuff in a &E, and the soft stuff I said, listen buddy, that's jammed up there pretty good and proper. That's a we're job gonna, for a surgical robot, yeah, that's on you. Yeah, we're gonna have to get the robots on you, man. That, that sort of thing. So yeah, so you get a general history of what's happened and make sure there's nothing else in there, especially no foul play, because you, you don't, you, God forbid you see someone and they haven't put that out there themselves and it's been put there against their will. That's oh, a completely, just completely different story. Yeah, you've really changed the tone there. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, we've seen it. We've seen it, unfortunately. Awful. Since we've I seen bet it. you've seen it all, Dave. Literally, we've seen it all. And <sighs> it's, uh, sometimes it could be a funny thing where the patients themselves will laugh and be like, yeah, we got a little bit carried away. It's like, <laughs> don't, and you, you reassure them, you're like, listen, this is not my first radio. It's not the first time I've seen anything like this. Don't worry, it's not unusual. <laughs> And you put them at ease. I think, like, I think, obviously I've never actually, and this is, uh, <laughs> secret, this is a secret to exclusive. Okay. Um, but I've never actually shoved anything up my bum. Um, yeah. But if I did, I think I would just have to, and it got stuck, heaven forbid, I think I'd just own it. I think I'd be like, listen, yeah, this, I'm yeah. really sorry. I yeah. was having a bit of fun and yeah. it's The stuck. thing is, 
the doctor knows and the doctor's seen everything. Like it, we're, we're medical professionals at the end of the day. So we're used to dealing with yeah. really intense stuff. We're used to dealing with quite lighthearted stuff and we treat everything the same. We're going to do the best to medically get you fit and working and out of this hospital. So like, don't stay at home because of embarrassment because that's when you could cause long-term damage to oh, the sphincter. Yeah. To the sphincter. I'm yeah. so sorry, I'm such a child. Yeah. <laughs> The sphincter can tear, it can rip, which is going to change your bowel movements going forward, can lead to infection, can lead to a lot of stuff going on there. Stop talking about sphincter infection, America. Uh, Come on. Uh, right. You don't want to see a sphincter infection. Nobody mm-hmm. does. Right, babe, before I let you go, here at Vicky Patterson The Secret 2, we always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners a couple pearls of wisdom. And you are so passionate about what you do. You yeah. are bringing it so brilliantly into the 21st century with all of your mm-hmm. informational TikTok videos. I think it's pretty obvious what your secret is. I want to know, Dr. Omega, what your secret is to being a good doctor. Um, my secret to being a good doctor, which I'll put out to any medical professional, and if you're a patient, make sure your doctor is doing this, where they treat the patient, not the disease. I think in medical school, we were taught to treat a lot of disease. We would have a lot of information thrown at us. But you have to remember, this isn't a dummy. This is a real person. And there's so much. Yeah, very scared. And there's so much more that goes towards a patient suffering from disease, such as the social and mental effects that a lot of doctors don't address. So I treat the patient as a whole, not just the disease. Oh, babe, I love that. And honestly, I can't imagine anyone. I'd rather say more if I got something stuck up my bum than you. I, I hope I never have to pull anything out from there, Vic. But if I do, you know I'm going to be gentle. At least. <laughs> no one ever has to pull anything out of my bum hole. <laughs> you know, I have to be gentle. But yeah. Hopefully, Thank never, you. hopefully it doesn't come to that. <laughs> Thank you, baby. You've been great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Well, guys, that was the absolutely amazing Dr. Emeka. His brand new book, Health in Your Hands, is available to buy now. Um, He is just such a wonderful man. And making medicine and health and taking control of your own wellness really easily accessible to everybody. So make sure you're following him on TikTok as well. Um, If you are loving Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2, I have some bad news. Uh, It's almost the end of Series 6. But don't worry, because we'll be straight back with Series 7. I just go there, didn't I? No rest for me, bitches. <laughs> it worked me like a dog. Anyway, guys, if you are loving Bitty Patterson and Secret 2, do all of the podcasty things. Tell your mates, leave a review, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Have a great week, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.